Ready or not for the Brooklyn Nets, but here comes James Harden. And ready or not for life, MMA, and the NBA, here comes Schwan Humes. I'm your host, DJ San Marco. Schwan, what's up, brother? Uh, not too much. Just got home, actually. I was driving basically to another city to go train some kids. So Can I, I get an amen? Yeah, and to, 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 to break this down tonight, we're bringing you a legit basketball coach known on Twitter as the Black Jordan Breen, Shawan Humes. And if anybody is going to have something to say about this trade, who won, who lost, who won a little bit, who lost a little bit, it's my man right here. So, Shawan, this is what we got, man. I'm just going to I'm just going to lay it out. Uh Nets get James Harden, Rockets get um Oladipo, Exum, Kurucs. I'm not familiar with that cat. Uh, from is he from Indiana? K U R U C S. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, yeah, I'm not super familiar with him either. Okay, so we'll leave him out of it. Three Brooklyn first rounders, a Milwaukee first, and then they have four Brooklyn first round pick swaps. Uh, the Pacers get Karis Levert, a second rounder, and the Cavs get the starting center, who everybody's been raving about for the entire season for solid, solid play. So much that. He supplanted uh, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Jared Allen, and Taurine Prince. So um, that's kind of how the uh, the trade went down. If you're wondering why you see uh, the 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 uh, the Earth and the stars in the background, that's basically a message to Kyrie Irving so he could see that the Earth is in fact round, and um, and and I'm looking for him <laughs> up in the atmosphere. Kyrie, where you at, man? Brooklyn's looking for you, man. Kyrie. So I can't. Find, I haven't seen him yet, but as I orbit, if I see him, we'll try to get him back to Brooklyn. Okay. <laughs> so what, Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> all right, all right. Schwan Humes, Coach Schwan Humes, break it down for us. Um, first of all, let me just get the biggest question out of the way. How well do you think that James will meld with what's left of the the uh, Nets roster? With KD and obviously most more specifically with Kyrie Irving. Well, the biggest thing about it is kind of it depends on which James James Harden we're gonna get because the style they played in Houston was literally he'd dribble it 10, 15, 20 times, however many times, and then he'd go drive into the basket or get his step back three. He didn't play a lot of off ball. He he, he created a lot for other people. He, he'd find people for cutting to the basket find a shooter on the other side in the corner, things of that nature. But the biggest issue was that he was very ball dominant and he would pass the ball and he wouldn't move anything else. You wouldn't find him cutting to the basket. You wouldn't find him going to the mid range. You wouldn't find him curling around to get to the wing to get an open shot. He, it just became very predictable and, and a little bit and just one dimensional in how he scored. So the question is, are we going to get that James Harden or are we going to get James Harden from OKC? Because James Harden from OKC d- didn't shoot mostly three pointers. He did a lot of mid-range. He attacked the basket. It was a lot of, I'll make my move and go. It wasn't five to seven dribbles. It was one, two, go. Maybe three dribbles of the most, and he would attack, pull up, get to the basket, or create. Now it's 
you know, five to seven minimum. So if he's going back to the old James Harden where he's going to play, where he's going to be more of an ancillary role, he's going to create, he's going to cut to the basket, he's going to attack from the mid-range and threes and at the rim, then that works perfectly. We've already seen it work with Kevin Durant. It's just now he has a deeper deeper set of tools so that he can be more of an offensive force. But I don't think they're going to play through James Harden. James Harden isn't the guy they're going to play through. He, mm. it the, the way he plays just, I think, will slow down the offense too much considering the other weapons they have. On Houston, it worked because he didn't have any other creators. He didn't have a lot of guys who would go get it. He had guys who were catch and shoot and defenders and guys who would run to the rim. So that was allowed. But that team was built for him. This team was not built for him. Mm-hmm. This team is u- using him as an addition. He's not the centerpiece of it. He's an addition to the centerpiece, which is Kevin Durant. Well, let's let's put you, the coach, in a couple of different roles. So the uh, I'm going to eventually make you Steve Nash uh, since you're a coach already. But for the moment, let me make you let me make you the GM of the Rockets and say, do you do do you make that deal? Well, you have to make the deal because. A star told you he didn't want to be there. Anytime a star says that, the main thing they're doing is just trying to find the deal that makes it hurt less. Because the thing about it is when you trade, and James Harden essentially at this point would be, you know, would you had an elite talent, maybe even a generational talent as a scorer, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get equal equal worth for that, equal value. That's why you get so many players and so many picks. Because not only do you know that he's got like another maybe two, three maybe four years where he's going to be in the elite level as far as talent, mm-hmm. you know, that even past that, he'll still be one of the better scores and players in the, in the NBA. So you're never going to find that value. No draft pick. Can you guarantee is going to give you the numbers that James Harden has given you in the past five to seven years? You okay, just have so to make a change because he's not committed. He, he was sleepwalking. Let's face it. He wasn't giving it. He was best, destroying the and team. It's just causing problems for the organization. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fair. You, you that's can't fair. have it. You have to get rid of him. That's fair. And, and then, you know, in fairness, uh, Bill Simmons pointed out that a couple of the picks that the Celtics got turned into, I think, Jalen Brown and Jay, um, what's and Tatum. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it depends who, on how good, it, it how, good is your, how good is your scout team. Right. Depends on who, how the records go and how good how good your organization is at finding talent and developing talent. That's that's a big part of it. Jason Tatum and, and, and Brown are very good. But let's not let's not act like they weren't developed very well by the organization they're with because they've gotten better every year. That doesn't happen by accident. Okay, so, let me let me ask I you mean, a t- let me ask you ahead. a tougher question because that one that one was a little bit of like a just a that was right over the plate and you just kind of smashed it over the fence. If you were Brooklyn's GM, uh, Mr. Marks, do you make that deal? I once again I, I do, and before I get into the, the Brooklyn. If the rumors I heard that Houston didn't take Ben Simmons, he was on the table and they'd take him, then this really was kind of a loss for him. You had to get rid of him, but you had to potentially get Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. then that's a big gaffe. That's a big technical gaffe on them. But back to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn, it works perfectly because it's somebody who's already played with KD. Somebody KD has an understanding of them. They've had a longstanding relationship, and you have to assume that Jaden's Harden is going to take a step back as far as his game. So it fits with Katie and it fits with Kyrie. You have to assume that that's already been discussed. And if it has been, then you've got one of the top five scores in the league, one of the top five offensive forces, get into the line, scoring, and a guy who's great at creating for other people. And you have two of the best other sco- individual scores in the league in Kyrie and KD. And secondly, you have to take this chance because 
Kyrie's kind of hit or miss, you know, depending mm-hmm. on how he feels, depending on what's going on with him. He may not interact. He might turn it down. He might take some weak time off. At least now you're not down to just running everything to KD and having him run himself down because in the games Kyrie hasn't been here, not only is KD leading in, like, points, it's shot attempts, it's rebounds, it's to the free throw line, it's dry. He's having to carry the whole team. Mm-hmm. And you can't have a star who just came off a major injury trying to carry a whole team for, for even 25% of the season. That's just mm-hmm. going to wear him down. So now they at least have two legitimate offensive forces and stars. And if, K- if Kyrie buys in, they have three. But at least in this case, bare minimum, they have two. They have a dynamic duo, worst case scenario. Okay. So you, so. And, and, and also, it reinvigorates the fan base. The fan base is like, dude, we had three of the top, what, 15, 20 players oh, in, without a in, doubt. in the NBA? That's, yeah, so that, that puts you on the front, that gets you ahead of the Knicks, gets you on the front page. You'll be talking about the Brooklyn. Ratings are going to go up, money's going to go up. This is an all round win for them. We Come don't know on, how man. it's going to fit, but. How, how could this overshadow win? Julius Randle? I mean, how? I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> the the fact that Julius Randle is playing in an efficient brand of basketball is quite a stunning in itself. So yeah, no, when I'm I happy. see him passing up shots, I'm, I almost had a heart attack. I'm like, wait a minute, he's not taking bad shots anymore. <laughs> oh my god, what happened? It must be it must be a contract year because he does this every time it's a contract year. He's playing really well for the Knicks, and as a as a suffering Knicks fan. I'm really happy. I can just, you know, instead of just being a LeBron James stan and following the Lakers, I can actually follow my own hometown team and and actually enjoy it. So I'm 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 digging the way, and I actually like Austin Rivers a lot. I like his game. I think he's better than what he's been made out to be, just because he was Doc's son. Um, yeah, uh, he's a very good player. Very he good is. Player. He's a solid player. Uh, so are you in Houston? Are you in? Or are you in? Are uh, you no, in? I used to live. I used to live there. <laughs> I used to live in Houston uh, years ago. That's where I went to college. I'm currently in a town called Belton. Belton, Texas. Which is Texas. like about, what, 60, 60 miles out of Austin. See, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Cool. Um, all right. So now, so you say you make the deal if you're the Nets. You like this deal for the Nets. Um, how, are you concerned about how the offense is going to flow? Because now I'm going to make you, for a minute, I'm going to make you Steve Nash and go, how does the offense run with these three guys? And and I'm, I guess you're assuming that there's already been a phone call between KD and James as to how shit's going to go. Yeah, I mean, you have to assume there's some sort of uh, understanding between them. I mean, no offense to James Harden. He's accomplished a lot, but the fact is he's never really won. And in some of his biggest spots, he's looked less than stellar offensively. Maybe he looked tired. Maybe he was inefficient. But he's mm-hmm. never been able to push his team over. And he's had help. He had Westbrook. He had CP3. He's had others. So his his image can't take the hit of him going over there and demanding we play a certain kind of way. He's going to have to fit in any way they need him to fit in, find his way, and, 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 and succeed. Because you've got two of the best, what, top 15 players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. If you can't get past the first round or second round or you struggle, James Harden is going to be the one who, who catches the blame. Kyrie, as difficult he is, has had other had had teams go to playoffs. He's won a championship, even though it was with LeBron. He's been to the final multiple times. Mm-hmm. He's won a championship. KD's worked with other stars, and he's won multiple championships, been to finals, MVP, all that stuff. They've already had extreme success with other stars. They've won the ultimate goal. James Harden is a guy who hasn't even been able to get to the finals with, with stars, whether it's injury, whatever. You can say whatever it is. The fact is he hasn't gone there. So if this goes badly, people kind of know who Kyrie is. 
people know who KD is. Mm-hmm. And as weird as they may be, as, as different as they be, they're winners. James Harden has never been a winner. He said he came here to chase a ring. So how do you come here to chase a ring and then tell people how it's going to be when you're clearly, at, at best, the second best second offensive option on the team, the second best player? At best, Kevin Durant's number one. So Kevin Durant is going to dictate how mm-hmm. this goes because he's the guy calling the shots, and he's the one that Brooklyn is really invested in. They like James Harden, but they wouldn't get James Harden without Kevin. They wouldn't right. bring James Harden and Kyrie Irving in. It's Kevin Durant's show. So Kevin Durant is the one who's going to either take a step back and let these guys cook, or he's going to be the guy who's going to be like, look, this is how it's going between us. But make no make no mistake, Kevin Durant is the guy with the generational skill set, generational build, generational IQ, who's gonna who can take any team with the right pieces and take them over the top. James Harden is just an asset to that. Okay, so now as you're as you're coaching this this team and you have Kyrie bring the, the ball up the floor, who does he go to first? Who did, who gets the ball from uh, from when Kyrie oh. passes half court? I think it really just depends. I, I think the biggest thing is I think the what helps with this, and I keep I, I hate to keep putting it on Kevin, mm-hmm. but Kevin's played on a team with, you know, where he was one of the top ten best shooters of all time. Him, Stephen, uh, Stephen Curry, and um, Clay, Clay Thompson. Yeah, best shoot. Yeah, Clay. Excuse me, Clay. Yeah, Clay. Best shooters in there. So he understands what it's like to have to be in an offense and pick his spots. He doesn't necessarily have to be the first option right off the bat. Right. You know, I, I would I would think that they, they would defer to him because he's the best isolated scorer as far as he can he score efficiently and within the flow of the the offense. He can do that isolation. James Harden, when he goes isolation, it just results in everybody standing there because it's not decisive. It's five, seven, nine, ten dribbles. Yeah. With Kevin Durant, that. it's three to it's two, two to three. It's two to three. It's a jab, step and go. It's a pump fake drive. It's a one, two, three dribble and he goes. It's very quick. It's very efficient. The flow of the offense is not thrown off. So the person you go to initially, it's going to depend on what the defense is doing. But initially, the quickest person to go to would be Kevin because unlike Kyrie, who likes to break guys down with a lot of dribbles, James mm-hmm. Harden likes to break guys down with a lot of dribbles, Kevin Durant is the best scorer individually. He's got the best skill set. He's the most efficient, and he's the most decisive scorer out of all three of these guys. He's, he's such I'm not, a, I'm not he's even such sure a that they necessarily – I'm, I'm sorry. not necessarily sure they let Kyrie be the one to bring it up because, as you know, when Kyrie played with LeBron, LeBron was still the guy who was leading the assist and kind of dictating the offense. Mm-hmm. They might have James Harden bring it up because James Harden has led the league in assists. He's that good at creating if he wanted to be. He's amazing. He's a much player. better creator than than Kyrie. You might just have Kyrie out there as a guy who you, you get you pass the ball to him, you let him go to work, and James Harden will pick his spots to go ISO, but mostly he'll be he'll bring the ball up, he'll set up the offense. He'll make his pass, make a cut to the basket, mm-hmm. come maybe post up, maybe go to the mid-range. But he might be the one who's determining that so that Kyrie can be focused 100% on punishing defenses with his scoring. He's So the offensive talent of these three individuals is so ridiculous that if you made like a top 20 list of all time at their position, you could probably throw these guys on there. I mean, Kevin would be... Even higher than scoring, that, but I mean, scoring. scoring, I mean, just setting aside Kevin, because Kevin's a freak. Some people believe that he could be one or two offensively all time, but James and Kyrie of their own, I mean, for a scoring point guard, I'm not sure there's a lot of guys that have been out there that have more scoring ability than Kyrie. He's really a freak, man, what he can do. 
you know. Yeah, and, Kyrie, his handle, his handle, his his ball control, his timing, his ability to hit shots. Under, he can hit very tough shots under duress. That's what makes this whole team difficult because you have two guys who are capable of consistently beating you off the dribble, and then you have all three of these guys individually have haven't been shown to be able to be consistently stopped by anybody, and they face some of the best defenders the league has to throw at them. They've been consistently able to get points. So the question becomes, who do you stop? Because there's there's a chance that you, you play Kevin Durant, maybe he has an off game. You play James Harden independently, he has an off game. Mm-hmm. You play Kyrie independently, maybe he has an off game. What's the chance all three of these guys are going to have off games offensively? So this is a true big three, and I was telling people, uh, I think I may have mentioned it in the podcast that you were on, but I know I mentioned it subsequently. And for me, I would not want to see something in the NBA anymore ever again. I don't want to see something that looks like LeBron, KD, and Anthony Davis. Or I don't want to see, you know, Giannis and, you know what I mean, and some... I don't ever want to see that because I want the league to be competitive. And what happened when KD went to Golden State? It was no more fun watching the NBA anymore in terms, I mean, because you already knew who was going to win. And the thing that makes the NBA great is when you have these two and two and two teams and you don't have like just, you know, superstars, people at that level. So I don't know if defensively. The thing about it's not, it's not just, it's not just the talent though. It's, it's like you said, who's going to concede? Like we had LeBron mm-hmm. and D-Wade. D-Wade took a step back and said, LeBron, you're going to be the guy. I'm going to mm-hmm. be the number two. Chris Bosh should be number three. When LeBron had Kyrie, Kyrie was number – he was the number one guy. When LeBron got there, he was forced to take a step back. Stephen Curry took a step back so that KD could be the lead guy. It's not just a matter of the talent. It's that the talent, it's that the talent gets along and the talent is willing to concede. Even with LeBron and AD, LeBron clearly wants to be MVP, so wants to be considered the best. But – Knowing that his time is limited, he's willing he's willing to give more credit to give more more of the offensive load to AD, and then he knows defensively AD can clean so much up. You have to have the right mindset, and you have to have guys who are willing to adjust their games to have the, to to max out that talent, or you have to have guys with who's got diverse enough diverse enough games to score. Because Giannis Giannis is a very limited game. You mm-hmm. put a, you he he needs the right stars to really blossom because he doesn't have a mid range game. He's not really great at creating. Ben Simmons. You couldn't have a big three with him because he he's on offense he's offensively so limited he can't shoot outside of seven feet consistently right, right. so you can't there's only so much he can do the things that work with all these teams you talked about is they've had guys who were versatile <laughs> Steph could play on the ball off the ball he could mid range three pointer Kevin could take you to the rim mid range three pointer isolation or off the ball Clay Thompson off the ball a little bit on the ball could defend he could hit from three he could hit from mid range it was real decisive. The games fit, and they were able to adjust roles, and they had a coach who was allowing them to work it out. I don't know that Brooklyn can do this. They've got the talent now. Now it's a matter of surrounding them with the right supporting cast as far as defensive guys and rebounders, and it's also, like you said, figuring out how the offense is going to run because it seems clear to me, but you still have egos involved, and you have to get guys to buy in, and I don't know that Kyrie was bought in on, on James Harden coming. Let me let, go ahead, go ahead. let me ask you this, and then we'll go back to Brooklyn. And I'm just going to ask you as an NBA fan to try to make my point or be proven wrong in my point. Would, if last year, uh, last summer, the Lakers were recruiting uh, Kawhi Leonard to come to L.A., would you have wanted to see Kawhi, LeBron, and A.D. on the same team? 
I was interested to see how it looked. I never thought they'd be super dominant just because I knew I knew Kawhi wasn't going to play all the time. Like, I, as good as Kawhi's skill set is and as accomplished as he is, the fact of the matter is he's not physically where he was a couple years ago. So I thought it would benefit him because he wouldn't have to play all the time. And it would benefit the Lakers because they'd have three stars so that you could kind of get everybody a certain amount of rest. And to that regard, it would probably be unfair for the league because you have one of the best defenders, best scores, best individual players, one of the best indi- – and then you'd have – basically the best guy at each position almost <laughs> yeah no you, <laughs> yeah but, you i mean like you had a dwight uh dwight ad Kawhi, uh kcp rondo lebron i mean it just it'd be it's just too much you know like it, it's I, not fun I don't like it's it. not fun i don't like when it's not fun but it's also a matter of you know these these organizations getting billions of dollars and it's your job to find ways to make this happen because other stars want to compete too so other stars are trying to figure out ways to make this happen. It's on your organization to get the right draft picks, to be willing to take chances to get those, to have that dominance. Like when LeBron got AD, they took a chance because they had a good young core, Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, and they threw all that away for a chance at AD. And there was no guarantee it would work. Yeah, he's a top-notch talent, but we've seen top-notch talent struggle before. You have to be willing to take chances, and some of these teams aren't willing to. Boston Celtics, they're not willing to take any chances. As good right. as they've been, right. they've had all those picks, and what have they done with it? Right. Yeah, you're right. That's a good, that's a really good point. But they, I think, uh, I I thought I called uh, Rob Link an idiot when he made that trade, and it turned out that I was the idiot because you put another great player, unselfish player, with LeBron, and they ended up with another championship. But I don't that, want that, that's that's the key word. That's the key word. Mm-hmm. They fit, and they're both unselfish. They're not big talkers. 80s want to take let LeBron take the lead as far as interviews and stuff. LeBron's willing to take a step back so AD gets his shine. Every star is not doesn't have that mindset. The question yeah. is, do these guys have that mindset? Are they willing to work together? Because if they are, you're not going to be able to stop this kind of talent. But it's going to require some, everybody else to take less points, mm-hmm. have give up some of the credit, and then also be able to spread some of the blame. Because you know, if they start winning and go on a big win streak with James Harden, people will say, well, maybe Harden's the man. Does KD care about that? Does KD just want to win? Does Kyrie care about right. that? Does Kyrie just want to win? Right. They have to ignore all that noise that's going to happen if somebody starts doing really well and, like, Kevin picks up Twitter and sees, like, James is carrying the Nets or, you know, somebody with Kyrie, you know, they could get pissed off, I think is what you're saying. But let me ask you this, uh, and I'm just going to ask you an open question and just let you go at it. What's going on with Kyrie Irving? Uh, I think Kyrie, I think Kyrie's just a different dude. I don't know him personally, but I, I said this on Twitter a lot. I tell people, I'm I'm like a regular person. Maybe I'm really good at communicating people. Maybe I'm a really nice person, whatever. But as far as my talent or my athletic gifts or my perception of, of the world, I'm fairly regular. It's hard for me to explain or understand what a guy like Kyrie is going through because Kyrie in his field is a genius not just physically, but mentally. The way he sees the game, the way he processes the game is is genius level. It's like artistic genius. So I can't fathom how a guy who's got that level of men- that complex that complex layer of thought, because you have to have layers and layers of complex thought to put the practice in and to process the game necessarily to make these moves on a whim. And he's also an academic guy. I don't I don't I don't understand how he sees the world. Even if we have some similar similarities or commonalities in what we see things, the way he's seeing it, outside of just being an individual, is so much different than I am. 
I don't know that he 100% loves basketball past a certain point, or maybe he likes basketball. He doesn't like everything that comes with it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that Kevin Durant's like. They, they just like the game. I want to yep. play, go home. I don't want to be asked about why I missed the game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be asked about why I don't talk to anybody. I want to perform, and I want to go about my business. I can't understand that because that's not the kind of person I am. I can't understand why he's so maybe confrontational or, or unnecessarily difficult in some spots because that's not who I am. That's who he is. And I'm not saying he's wrong for it. He has the right to see things the way he does. My only issue with it is, you know, it's like when people say, do what you want, take care of yourself. Everybody says that until your company get you get fired or somebody else gets fired or you get in trouble because somebody else wasn't there to do their job. Mm-hmm. But in, as an individual, I respect what he says and I respect where he's coming from. I just don't know, as far as I can see, that he really loves the sport and what it's become. He's not a like junkie. At any moment, he could be done with it. He's not a junkie, a basketball junkie the way KD is. KD can't be away from a he, basketball. He's a junkie. KD, KD's a junkie, but I think I read an interview that Kyrie said he considers what he does like an art. Yes. And if he's an artist, think about think about musicians. You're big in musicians. Mm-hmm. How do musicians look at this? Look at what they do, and how do the business people look at it? A, a, a brilliant filmmaker looks at it different than the guy who's paying for the film to be made. A brilliant songwriter looks at it different. And the person who wants a hit song, the, the song maker thinking this is a brilliant piece of work, and the c- company's thinking this isn't going to sell a million sell. copies. We want mm-hmm. a million copies. So I think there's a certain purity about it that Kyrie wants, and in this in this world we live in today, you're not going to get that. It's part of the job. You have to talk to people. They're going to be, but that's part of how they sell the the NBA because it's so much drama and who likes who and who who's petty with who. He just wants to play his game and go home. He wants to show what he can do, spread the sport, show his art, and be done with it. And that's just never going to happen nowadays. The days of that are past. Nobody does that. NFL, NBA, boxing, MMA, it's all storylines. And I don't think he likes it. And I think he's on his own trip, and he wants to do what he wants, and he wants to live how he wants, which he's free to. Even in the sport, he's free to. But as an employee, his actions impact other people. And maybe he just doesn't think it's important enough. When do you think he's going to come back? I don't think he's, I don't think he's a bad guy for it. I think he'll be back within a week, maybe a couple weeks. Um, okay. I don't know. Since I don't know him, I, I don't know how he takes this with Harden because I don't know that he wanted Harden. That's a big thing. But I'm assuming he's friends with Katie. He's legitimate friends with him. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be willing as a friend to at least follow, follow through and do what he's supposed to do as a friend. That's what I'm assuming. He seems like a good guy, a stand-up guy. That's what he seems like he's going to do. But if he was to retire or they were to consider trading him, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised because the way the way he acted, it was just very unprofessional. And they put a lot of money into getting him and Durant, and he kind of left them hanging. You know, I, I'm not saying he did or he didn't, but it seems like it from a professional perspective, he left them hanging. If you were in a business and I just did this to you, yeah, you'd be frustrated. If we did a podcast together and I just told you I'm not showing up, and you saw me on another podcast, right? I was like, you know, I'm just stressed out right now. You're like, what are you doing on another podcast? Oh, well, I decided I wasn't stressed anymore. Well, but you, you know, you, you, you would think it's a bad you, optic. You think that 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 Katie knows who this guy is? He knows what he was buying. I I assume, but I but I will admit. Well, you know, but if, if, uh, he he hasn't been health healthy and out for this period of time. I don't think, and then he's facing a league fine. So I don't know what's happening with the league due to him um, not following the protocol of being unmasked at the birthday party. so Well, just think about think about somebody you dated who you never lived with. I mean, you're, you're married, so you understand mm-hmm. it. You you date somebody and you never live with them. You live ah! with them, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, guess. 
I get where you're going. I he didn't know what he was getting you into. Know, <laughs> He's living with yeah, him. Yeah, it's, it's different when it's like, you know, it's, it's like you have. I've had friends who were like, you know, like they're really, you know, I'm a good woman, and other guys see where they're a good woman, but then they get with that guy, and whether it works out or not, the guy's like, she's yeah, she is good, but I understand why someone might not be able to deal with her. Same thing with a guy. Yeah, he's a great guy, but I get why some women can't can't be with them. I feel you. I think you know, all it's of us from the outside looking in. I think all of us who have had a roommate that we didn't like gets that analogy or somebody who was difficult. Let's move yeah. on to oh, yeah. um, it because works for friend, it works for works with a friendship too. Works with a friendship too. Yeah. And oh, you before, don't like paying bills every month. Okay, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me that. Before I run out of Zoom time, Sean, give me how this is going to impact the Eastern Conference now. You're looking at Miami, who I thought, I said before, I said when the season started, there is no way they are going to trade away that squad for James Harden. There's no, he would not fit with Pat Riley. First of all, he would be getting fined the first week due to not meeting the weight and body fat standards. Because uh, I was told, uh, or I think they played it on one of the broadcasts, they measure body fat every Monday. Uh, and if you don't meet it, you get fined. So I knew that James Harden and, and a Pat Riley run team was not going to be a fit. So how do you think James uh, joining, becoming a legit big three? Because to me, um, the, the, the Miami was not a big three. It was more like a big two plus Chris Bosh, in my opinion who was good but not great. Here you have a legit great big three. What happens? How does the rest of the season play out is our last question. Yeah, the biggest thing I'll say is if you look at just offensive talent, they, they probably have the best – they have the, the best offensive talent in in the East. It, it's probably no worse than maybe second best. Probably might even be top three in the league just because of the – these guys are all accomplished. They're not just guys who have the potential to be dominant. They've all dominated individually in the, in the biggest spots and against the best defenders. So on the East, it's a huge problem because the talent level has just switched dramatically. In theory, there shouldn't be a way to stop these guys because each one of these guys is a multiple level scorer and a guy who's who's had to carry a team for extended either for a year or for extended periods of time. So you know, it's not like he's Giannis who doesn't have a mid range. Mm-hmm. And isn't a great three-point shooter. You know, he just gets to the rim, gets to the rim, gets to the rim. Uh, you know, Harden can get to the rim. Harden can get to mid-range. Harden can get three. Kyrie can get to the rim, get to mid-range, get to three. Kevin Durant get to the rim, <laughs> mid-range, and three. So really, there's no, there's no it, de- defense that could really actually stop these guys. That's how good they are. The question becomes, what kind of commitment is there going to be to from the organization as far as defense? And what kind of dedication and effort can we expect from the stars defensively? If they are even willing to give a 50% effort on defense, you know, and really lock in on in four mm-hmm. quarters and they, they get guys, they bring in guys who are mostly defensive players, I don't see how they're going to be stopped. The only thing is, you have to ask, is will somebody fall in line? If somebody falls in line and they're willing to take a step back from their game and play within the offense and play within one another, there's not a way to be stopped. Every other team has too many holes. Philadelphia, their main star can't shoot and be constantly injured. Giannis still isn't a consistent shooter, and he's not a great creator. I mean, those are the two biggest options they have. And as far as the Heat, the Heat have grit. They have conditioning. They have good talent. They don't have great talent. They don't well, have great talent at all. They got Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's not a great talent. He's a great player. He is not a great talent. But but you could you could argue, I could make an argument to you, Schwan, that they're like the Detroit 
Pistons that beat the Lakers. I could make that argument. I, yeah, I I understand that, but that 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 Lakers team, you know, that that Lakers team was inherently flawed in itself, and this team is flawed because of the depth that they don't have depth. But I I can't see a series if and if James Harden is going to give this everything he has because his reputation is on the line. This isn't going to be lazy Jim Harden. This isn't going to be sleep late James Harden. This is going to be, in my mind, locked in, completely committed James Harden, and that's going to be much different than what we've seen in Houston and, and in many iterations before. Okay. Uh, I just don't think, I don't think, I don't, go ahead. Okay. Boston would probably be the biggest obstacle to them. Okay, so you, you have Boston and Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I'd probably say, well, yeah, Boston, maybe the Heat. The Heat might be able to beat Boston because I don't, I don't like the fact that Boston, the way, the way they're so, they don't really create for each other. They're just so determined to look for their shot. And that held them back last year, and it might hold them hold them back this year too. But it'd probably be probably either Boston and, and Brooklyn. I'm expecting or Brooklyn and the Heat. One of those two. One of those combination of those three. Who's in the Western Conference Finals? Uh, Los Angeles and man, I just don't know about the Clippers. Mm, potentially Clippers. I really think, I really think, um, I think if they get the right matchup, I think Portland could probably get to the Western Conference Finals if they get the right matchup. Portland or Phoenix. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I the way Paul George is playing right now, if he can play that way in the playoffs, um, we I we say that we, we've been we say that it every year, five years. Yeah. <laughs> know, Everybody, he takes <laughs> tough shots. He's a leader. We say that every year. Every yeah. year he's never be taught. And when it gets tough, every year, he, mentally he pays. Skill wise, he has no superior, but right. mentally he just can't put it together. So yeah. until it happens, I can't. I can't assume it's going to happen. All right. Um. Let's see. Um. Okay, that's East Coast, West Coast. All right, I need two quick hitters from you before we sign out because I'm going to run out of my the Zoom time I have available. Uh, Calvin yes, Cater versus uh, Max Holloway. Who do you have and why? And make it quick. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give it to Max Holloway because he's got the experience and wow. he's got a better skill set. My my question is, does Max have enough durability if the fight gets difficult? That's why he lost to Volkanovski. He couldn't build on his lead because he couldn't put himself in the line of fire anymore. His recuperation and his durability isn't there. So if he gets in a tough fight or get, or Cater gets to him early, it, it's probably going to go downhill fast. But Max has got enough skills and experience to control the pace with clean technique and picking his spots to be offensively effective and really turn it on. But if it gets if it gets tight, if it's a firefight, I have no faith in Max to win this. Okay, so you're but you're picking Max overall. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll go. I'll go. Calvin Cater, but I don't, but Max really learned a lot from it's those leg pick. kicks. He he started checking leg kicks and and he he was a lot better uh, in the rematch with Volkanovski than he was in the first fight. Um, let that me. That ain't there though. It yeah, ain't there. No. Hey, you know you might be right. So I'm I'm gonna go Calvin Cater on that one. Connor and Poirier. Uh, I'm gonna still say Connor. I think it's really the same fight as it was before. Poirier's gotten better in areas, but the fact of the matter is Poirier still under pressure, makes some really interesting decisions. Same thing with a guillotine against Khabib. Like, why the hell would you do that? You would Secondly, not do that. <laughs> yeah. Poirier's, Poirier, Poirier's a slow starter. He's always been. And even when he starts fast, his defense never comes with it. I, I saw Dan Hooker jump on him and almost put him out in the first round. And I've seen other guys jump on him and put him out in the first round. 
Connor's still a guy who likes to get going early. He's still a guy with a good chin, and he's still one of the more accurate and sharper strikers out there. And the fact of the matter, if I have to compare similar opponents, I saw I saw Dustin Poirier struggle with Eddie Alvarez and get absolutely crushed by Khabib. I saw Conor McGregor walk through Eddie Alvarez and actually compete with Khabib. They're just on different levels. If, if he beats Conor, I think Conor might need to retire. Man, I am feeling what he's saying, and this is the reason I have on Schwan Humes because he knows how to express himself. Like you can hear with the band right here. Can you hear the band? Charles Wright yes, and the Watts Band, 103rd Street Rhythm Section. There we go. All right, so... Yeah, good taste in music. I, yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is one of the few things I have going for me. Uh, first of all, I want to say, lastly, I want to say, Schwan, I love the beard. It looks great. I'm picturing you with like a top hat, kind of like period England, masterpiece <laughs> classic, you know, uh, maybe like a, a little pipe and stuff like that. That's. I think you could pull off that whole look with this beard. So, uh, Victorian England. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I might right. have to try it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Juan Humes. You can find him on Twitter at Black Jordan Breen. Is that correct? Hello? Hello? Yes, can- okay, I just want to make sure I got the spelling of it right. It's all phonetic. All right, um, we will talk to you soon, my friend. Yes, I know you got coaching to do. Thank you so much and take care, okay? Yeah, have a great evening. All right, brother. Peace.